Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And this is our business legal podcast where we cover business in the news and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at Legally Sound Smart Business and also follow our Twitter account where you can also ask questions at askbizlaw. I want to say askbizlaw.com, but it's just askbizlaw. I don't think we have that one. Twitter. Yeah. We probably had the dot pizza one, but are you asking people to send their questions via Twitter? Too? Yeah, that'd be cool. That's tough. Limited number of characters. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. But we're also accepting questions on Reddit, which that was cool. So we do that every week. We do an AMA. So I have lots of options for you. If you have a short question, Twitter is good for it. They'll have to find out who we are on Reddit, I guess. It should be pretty obvious, but search uh, legally sound smart business. I think we should come up. All right. Well, we have a pretty interesting story for today because it deals with a... There's a lot of different things going on. So it's a Yahoo executive and she and Yahoo in general are being sued by a former principal software engineer for sexual harassment and wrongful termination. Now, I mean, we've talked about similar things in the past, but it's typically been a male superior and the lawsuit's been brought by a female I don't want to say inferior, inferior. <laughs> uh, uh, a female it. employee. So now we have a female executive or superior and also a female employee. So that's a little bit different. And also typically with these, there'd be some sort of reaction from the company. Yahoo is just straight up denying any of this happening and is very strong in their stance. Yeah, that seems unusual. Yeah, I won't get into the specifics of this unless you want to, but we'll link the article so they can read because there's a lot of accusations made. This also is taking place in another country too, I believe, right? I don't think so. I thought it was still in California. I know the suit's in California, so I assume it's in California, but maybe not. We'll take a look. But you know what's interesting about this is, well, first of all, again, Silicon Valley is another scandal when it comes to the workplace environment. We covered Tinder. There's this other case with an Google executive who overdosed on heroin on his yacht and some kind of killing as well. Silicon Valley is just being hit with a bunch of different issues right now. But I think what people may find this significant is, and this isn't the first time it's happened, is when you have a female supervisor that's being accused of this. And I think people need to understand that these issues when it comes to sexual harassment and wrongful termination, they stem from having power over another. And that's the main issue. And that's the whole concept of employment law protections, because when you have an employee, they're in your control, as opposed to independent contractor where the control is a little bit more loose. But when you have an employee, because of that control, you have certain obligations that you may not have as a non-employer. And I think even though people would generally understand this, they may not understand the significance and how much they could become liable, especially in California, for things like these. Yeah, and the important thing here is pretty much every example we've ever talked to or any example you've ever heard of deals with a male superior. But the thing to keep in mind with this is just because it's a female superior doesn't mean that she can't get in trouble as well. So it does work both ways. You just don't hear about it as much. I'm guessing it happens less frequently as well. And I'm sure even when it does happen in those circumstances, it's just as or if not more difficult for those employees to bring up the cause of action 
And I'm sure there's double standards all across the board, which that's the world we live in. And I'm sure that plays out in the courtroom as well, you know, when it comes to a jury and so forth. But point is, is that the law applies the same in either case. Right. And the point you made about power is is very important to think about and something that all executives should keep in mind because it might let it get to their head. But the other thing I want to talk about, which I mentioned at the beginning, was Yahoo's response. So I think when something like this happens, a company can do one of two things. They can either take some sort of action, whether it be suspension I mean, worst case scenario, termination of the person who's being accused, or it can do what Yahoo did and just hourly deny it, just full denial, saying it's all bogus. You don't see this too often with companies. Yahoo's a big company, and this is a serious allegation. So you don't see big companies like this taking this sort of stance very often. Yeah. And just to get, I have to get into some of the details here, and it's pretty detailed in the article that we'll link. But there are issues regarding. These two employees, they moved to California. They moved into an apartment together, right? separate rooms and so forth. They weren't a couple or anything like that. But then they did have some relations at home, and then that may have been brought into the workplace. But the real problem is that this person being accused was a supervisor, and it was her supervisor. And when she complained and was terminated, then that creates a huge number of problems. And again, this fact pattern, whether it's a female or female or or not, is the exact same fact pattern that you see over and over again across other sexual harassment lawsuits and wrongful termination. Yeah, there's these things you just shouldn't do. I would say, yeah, living with a subordinate. Not a good idea. I mean, we talked about with the Tinder issue and some other ones in the past. You could get by with dating somebody that you work with, but it's more times than not going to not work out. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that we covered that issue to death, or we should just do a sexual harassment lawsuit every week, which will be very easy to find. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the question of the day. Why is it that manufacturers refrain from mentioning one another in their advertisements? Example, Tide cleans better than these other brands, a bunch of white bottles with no labels. This is observed with, well, basically every niche of the commercial market, with two exceptions I've regularly noticed, Pepsi versus Coke and the car industry. So why do most of these commercials not mention their direct competition? I don't know if the premise is right, because I think... There's a plenty of people that do comparisons, but I think the main purpose of all that is to not mention your competition because you give them more brand recognition. But with Pepsi versus Coke, Coke knows everyone knows Pepsi and Pepsi knows everyone knows Coke, but being able to differentiate and attack your competition is a little bit better. A good famous one is AT&T and Verizon. They're always going at each other. And even the legal restrictions aren't too bad because For example, you can even use the competitor's logo in your commercial just as Verizon and AT&T and Pepsi and Coke have to each other because it's part of a fair use. There's no confusion of who this commercial is for or any kind of association or endorsement. In fact, you can just make fun of them and it's part of the fair use law. So generally, they're legally free from doing it and uh, with, you know, certain exceptions. And so long as they're not misrepresenting what the other company does, then they should be fine. I think my answer to this from the legal perspective is the commercials that don't actually mention who the competition is, I think they're worried about some sort of lawsuits. I think their legal team just didn't fully inform them of what they're allowed to do in the commercials. 
That's my legal answer. My other answer is if they mention their competition, their competition is just going to do another commercial mentioning them. That's possible. Maybe it's going to be worse than the commercial that they did. So yeah, that's my legal answer, non-legal answer to this question. And also, I think when I see a Tide commercial and they do what he mentioned, this generic white bottle and with no label, and this, this is like the competitor's brand, at that moment, I would have trouble thinking about what the competitor is. You know, what is a competitor of Tide? Do you know? I can't think of one. Shout, right? I don't know. Yeah. I think just psychologically, certain brands have association when it comes to soft drinks. Everyone knows what the soft drinks are, Pepsi and Coke. Yeah. Everyone knows which cars there are, you know, as far as car manufacturers. Maybe that's me because I don't buy my own (laughs) detergent. So maybe that's the issue. I really don't watch commercials either. So (laughs) yeah, that's also an issue. Yeah. So you could be right. But from a legal perspective, like we said, I don't think there's much restriction. You have a lot of leeway with this. So yeah, even saying that you're better. I think that's fine. Yeah. Right? That's just a matter of opinion. Yeah. The Tide cleans better than these other brands, for example. Yeah. All right. I think that's very good. Appreciate your question for that. And thank you for listening. Yeah. And we will uh, just bash some other podcasts while we're here. Or not bash, but (laughs) we'll mention them. No, Actually, well, one thing that is true is our podcast is better than our competition, our competitor's podcast. That's true. That's very true. I'll agree with you on that. Who our competitors are, I have no idea. And neither do you, because that's the point. (laughs) All right. Before this gets too out of hand, I will say keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.